0: Welcome to another episode of The Real World. And while I had different plans for how this episode would actually play out, um, we have experienced kind of a loss within the community. And so I had this whole episode planned out where I would talk about this guy who got spicy with me on the basketball court, how I had my hold me back moment and I needed four people to keep me from getting a dude, That was going to be part of, like, a bit that I was going to do where I was going to laugh and make some jokes about how corny it was. Um, And then we heard word through, you know, TMZ, Twitter, kind of how words travel at this point, that Nipsey had been shot. Um, Now, everyone has left, you know, the kind of RIP stuff all over social media, and I don't want to necessarily get into that while I certainly think that it's sad that another black man has lost his life over what we see as complete nonsense what I did want to touch on is the impact that it had and how black people viewed it so I am looking at this specifically through the lens of just how rumors start and what's problematic about that if I'm going to keep it real so much of like the, the back story and the whys before more information started to come out. And I'll give it to you. Information came out quickly. This wasn't one of those things where the streets wasn't talking. There's not a no snitching thing in L.A. apparently because everybody and their mother found out who did it. Uh, the gentleman who was alleged to do it has had his face plastered all over social media all over TV. So that's a very real thing. But it brings me back to how we got here and just what I think is destructive specifically within the black community. Um, When this tragedy occurred, the first thing that I heard was that it was either the man because Nipsey was doing so much for his community or it was big pharma because he's trying to make a documentary uh, about a gentleman um, by the name of Dr. Sebi. And if you really look into it, here's why that's problematic. There have been two people in the history of the world who have been cured of AIDS. Both of those people had crazy rare cases where they had leukemia, went through some stuff, they had chemo, they had, you know, bone marrow transplants, and they ended up being saved we will say there are other people who tried to go through the same procedure did not have the same outcome i know we look at a person like magic johnson and we're like yo magic's got the cure for aids truth of the matter is he does not um pays a lot of money for the prescriptions that keep the aids virus at bay and that it doesn't affect his day-to-day life but he still very much does have hiv aids i'm not sure which um But it's still a very real thing. Now, why do I bring AIDS up and why do I make this an important statement? If Dr. Sebi could do what he did, which is say that he could cure AIDS in the 1980s, here are one of two things that would have happened. One, he would probably be one of the richest men walking the face of the earth. Like, let's not get it twisted and think that people that work in boardrooms are really mafia guys that are out here putting hits on people. They would have bought it. They would have bought it. He would have got some royalty money from it. And he'd literally be one of the richest people in the world. That's one. Two, magic would actually be cured of AIDS. You don't think magic would have said, hey, you're a black dude. I'm a black dude. Yo, what up? I'm even going to add a third point that's going to sound fucked up, but I'm going to keep it real. You got 17 kids. Probably not really trying to listen to you. And I know that it's very popular that everybody wants to live a healthy lifestyle and he promotes some things that are cool. And then there's the conspiracy that someone took him out because he was promoting this alternative lifestyle. Truth of the matter is bad shit happens. It just does. That's one. The other conspiracy was that it was perpetrated by white people or the man that wanted to do this. And here's why this shit is super problematic. We live in a society specifically with black people where we see unequal outcomes happen all of the time. If you remember, the FBI specifically didn't kill MLK, who arguably, not even arguably, fuck that. Like I was about to trip. MLK was an extremely important person. Now, they tried to bring him down through various means. They didn't try to kill him. They tried to silence him and to kill his voice. I could see the government doing something like that. I cannot see the government putting a hit out on a rapper, one who literally just released his first studio album. That's not the downplay. Victory Lap was probably the best album of 2018. The reason why I started off the pod with the song that I did was because I really couldn't get past that when I heard it. I literally played that song back to back maybe 10 times. Like, damn, this intro is crazy hard. Just listen to the way that the beat's flowing, how he's spitting on it. Like, I feel that. It gave me more of an old school vibe since I'm an old school hip hop dude. Like, I want that 90s feeling and that's kind of what that gave me. But I also know the other side of the equation. And so when I say this, this isn't to demean the man at all. He also lived a life, maybe not currently, but this is one of those tales where you have to tell children about this kind of stuff. You sometimes don't get to make choices on how you move past the things that you've done. Now, think about that for a second. We all say that Nip was not the play. He's a real nigga. He was the type of dude that will smack the shit out of somebody all of the time. He was a I will smack the taste out your mouth kind of dude like he was freaky-zeaky. Apparently, the story is that he insulted somebody who clearly had nothing to lose, and that's how that person decided to take that beef. Now, that's a really stupid thing. Like, first off, like, why are guns so available? Two, if you have to shoot somebody because you can't fight or you're scared to lose, that is some bitch-ass shit. I really wish we could get back to a point where if you have so much mouth and you're really offended by something, fight about it, go home, live another day. I get it. We're grown. We shouldn't do that. And this is why I wanted to say that. Like, I wanted to fight somebody, what, two weeks ago at the basketball court. I'm not even that dude. But I felt offended. I felt like I needed to really, like, flex because somebody was really coming at me. But here was the funny thing the kid didn't want to fight me, he was backing away, he was talking big shit, but he was backing away, and at that point, I became the aggressor, what happens if I would have hit him and something bad happened, like maybe he hit his head on the floor, maybe he got seriously hurt, maybe I got seriously hurt, maybe he had a knife or a gun, who knows what people were packing, all because I wanted to not feel offended. I didn't want people to see me being bitched in front of a crowd. Pride does a lot of things to us. One of those things is it makes us act irrational at the thought of losing that. Like, you want to feel powerful. You want to feel like a man. So if you want to feel like all of that stuff, maybe sometimes the easier thing and the better thing for all of us is to turn the other cheek. It's a lot of the thoughts that I've had for this week, man. Um I know that's a weird transition, but I really do think it's sad whenever we lose people, and you clearly see the outpouring um at a level that I probably haven't seen maybe ever in social media. Like people weren't writing this kind of stuff on Michael Jackson Pass. He's a bigger star, but I think the era that we are in. You know nine out of ten people seem to be affected by it. it's also some i can't tell people what they should be affected by but it's kind of bullshit because most people didn't even know victory lap was his first album but i digress everybody wants to do it for the gram um let's get into some more fun shit does anybody else have a parent that follows them on social media i do i love my mom hi mommy what up Yes, I'm a grown-ass man, and I still call my mom mommy because it makes her feel nice and special. But we have a, a terrible thing that happens. My mom is nosy. I can post something. I don't know. I made a video talking about how great the weather was, but I'm still walking the work. My mom literally called me on my day job to ask me, Hey, son, are you off today? Are you down by the the cherry blossoms? Are you having a good time? No, no, old lady. I am sitting here at my desk in a cubicle doing work. You have not interrupted me and made me upset because I wish I could be out doing these things, but because I'm not independently wealthy yet, I have to sit here and act like I'm having a good time. Now, I would not have had to do that if you would have just minded your, your business, old lady. But this is the thing. Parents somehow want to be involved in your life. Now, I can't blame them. Um, as you get older, you tell parents less. You don't move the same. They don't really get to see you as often as they used to. And so social media is a cool way for them to literally monitor you like you're their child. And I don't mean like your child as in like they birthed you. As in you're a child. They They long for those days. That's one of the things that all parents are like, oh, my God, I know what my kid is doing. It's been so long. Yo, you don't need to know what I'm doing. I'm an adult. I want to do adult things. All I'm going to say is to all of those people. So I don't really curse on social media because I know my mom follows me. Um, I, don't, I never post crazy or salacious shit just because that's not how I get down. And, like, me having half-naked pictures of like myself isn't going to get me the likes that it would do for women, so I don't do that. But I say all of that to say, it really does suck that sometimes I feel like I can't really go in because I'm scared of what my mom might think of me. I'm the same kid that never curses around my mom. Super respectful. Again, like I said, I call her mommy. And I can't say what I want to say on social media unless I block her, which I'm this close to doing. Because I swear if she asks me one more time what I'm doing or where I'm at, at the most random of times, I am going to fucking lose my mind. So, um, my first episode of my podcast, I played a crazy voicemail. You know what? I'm actually going to play that for you. Darrells. Do you remember who this is? You catch my voice? Okay, well, one way or another, it took me five years to find you. And you have a child in L.A. So keep your eyes open. You'll be getting served soon. Have a great night. So while you're listening to that, that was probably the single most scary thing that has ever happened to me in my entire fucking life This voicemail came in like I was asleep. it was like a Friday night and I woke up to this at like 12:30. It was from an unknown number for years I thought this was some joke or some prank from some girl that I had scorned and she'd you know gotten one of her friends to call up my phone and say this. I called Verizon I'm like, yo. Y'all need to tell me who called me. I can't have an unknown number leaving no messages and shit like this. I'm sorry, sir. This isn't something that we do. There's nothing that we can do. I was screwed there. Uh I talked to people that I knew. I shared this with people. I remember at the time sharing it with my girlfriend, like, yo, I don't know what this is about. And for a good two minutes, I was shook. I was scared. I was upset. I was everything thinking that I had a child. And then I was like, wait a minute, time frame. Mm mm-mm, Shit don't add up. I was a very loyal and loving boyfriend at the time. Shout out to my ex and Callie. Uh, We didn't have any of those problems. But I'm able to play this and joke about it, even though I never got to the bottom of this years ago when I got this. I recently got an email and I swear to God from like child support people uh, for a guy who's also named Darrell. And what was crazy was his last name was Davis. So my Gmail account is blah, blah, because I don't want to say it, but it was close enough where they could actually use, like send the wrong email. If you missed like type some shit, basically I saw the entire report of who the fuck this was. So I finally was able to put to bed some shit that I've been thinking about maybe off and on for years. Like how did this random woman get my number to call me and say some shit like this? It wasn't a joke and it wasn't a prank. It was literally somebody else that was looking for somebody. So if I, I want, I swear to God, like if the woman that like sent that, that, that voicemail to me and meant to get that nigga, yo, can I get an apology? You know, you almost killed me that night. What if I would have like died and shit because you scared a nigga and you ain't even leave a phone number so I could call you back? You said that it's been five years since I'd heard from you. Well, hey, it's been a couple of years since you've now heard from me and I was scared. I feel like you owe me an apology. I do hope you get your money and child support, though. So, I mean, it's dope that I'm able to kind of loop that back and close the loop. I literally started my first podcast episode talking about that shit and the crazy things that happen. <sighs> now to the meat of this podcast. Um, A few weeks ago, I went on a work trip to Miami. I had an opportunity to either stay in the same hotel that my boss stayed in, who is a almost 60 year old man. Or my coworker, who is two months younger than me, we'd stay in the same hotel. He had a rental car. We had a Yukon. It was nice. It was lit. You know what I'm saying? It was white on white. I'm joking. But well, we could stay someplace, and I feel like we'll have a better time. Now, as a contractor at my job, I'm the one person that couldn't rent a car unless I was by myself. So these two guys had cars. Actually, it was like four of us that went. Three of the motherfuckers got cars. I'm the only one that didn't. So I decided to stay in proximity with the person with who I thought would be the coolest. Boy, did I make a mistake. I am pretty sure my boss would have been much more fun to deal with. I say that because I got the chance to see exactly what corn balls look like. Now, I am self-described as cool. I, I know that I can be corny at times. I'm not the coolest nigga on the block, but I'm okay. This is the opportunity that that I got to see, I guess, how the light-skinned brothers who really don't got game act. This was that situation. So let me break this down for you. If you wear pants that have pleats and you're not old, you are fucking lame. If you draw money out the ATM to show women that you're paying for stuff with a wad of cash, you are fucking lame. Everyone uses credit right now. If you were really balling, you would just have a fucking credit card that was made of metal. That's one. If you have to tell me how much your shirt costs and that it's from men's warehouse, no shade to men's warehouse, you are fucking lame. If you're wearing boat shoes with uh, wool slacks in fucking Miami, you are fucking lame. I don't have to tell you that it's nice in Miami. And yes, you could wear wool, but you probably got to dress that shit. Like, you got to make that shit look good, man. Like, what the fuck? So, I'm out with him. You know, nice enough guy. won't say that he isn't. But here was the really disappointing part. He spent the entire trip trying to tell me about the conquest that he had with women. Now, everybody probably has that friend like, yo, I smashed such and such or I did this. There are times when you either believe that friend or you don't. When I was 21, we're calling you the fuck out because you didn't actually have sex with that girl. And we all know it. I don't give a fuck anymore. I don't even want to hear your stories. I want to hear you say like, yo, my girl is bad. Like, I'm happy with her. That's a conversation I'll have with anybody. I ain't really trying to have you talk about how many girls you think you can pull or why you can pull them. Because you probably can't do that shit. If you talking to me about it, that means you not being about it. Dead serious. Niggas talk too much. I hate that shit. So I'm really upset because and I'm offended and I had to actually have a conversation with the guy. And I told him, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to be honest. I don't really care about the women that you've had sex with. I'm happy that things worked out for you. If that's what you're into, great. I don't really need to know. That doesn't make you cool to me. You know what makes me makes you cool to me? How you treat people. Like you just have a good vibe about you. It's shit like that and I think for so long men define themselves based on their sexuality and how let's just say how powerful it is or how many women that you sleep with to make you cool yo when you pass 30 that shit don't make you cool no more nobody wants to be the hoe like we've all done some hoe ass shit I don't want my friends to call me a hoe like in 2019 if my friends are calling me a hoe I am doing something very fucking wrong I got a better shit to do than just to try to waste my time having sex with women all of the time. And if that's what your singular focus is, you're gonna get lapped by everybody else. Because you know the conversations I'm having with my friends? Besides basketball and somebody that I want to beat up on the court. Uh <laughs> yo, how do we get this money? What are some things that we could do that can make us progressive so that we can see our families moving forward? What are some ideas and some different things that are going on? What's relevant? These are the conversations I have with people that are closest to me. Hell, even the people that aren't, I'll keep it real fucking basic. You might talk about some sports and some shit, but I'd really rather hear about your life and just how things are going. I can give two fucks about who you're fucking. And if you care about who I'm fucking, you are clearly thinking about the wrong shit. Like, I don't want to hear that shit. That's not a flex for me. You want to flex for me? Tell me how accomplished you are at work. Tell me what kind of grand ideas you're cooking up in your brain. Tell me how your family's happy. I think that shit is dope. I ain't really here for the conversations no more about I fuck such and such and I did this. Unless it's Rihanna and I'm, I'm highly doubting that that shit is, I don't really care, bro. But I am here for all of the Rihanna shit. If any of my friends ever get a chance, I will listen to each and every one of those stories. You can tell me 50 times and I'll be here for it because I am living vicariously through you. I'm repeat that. I'm living vicariously through you. But I do want better for us brothers. I'm not trying to be on some preachy shit tonight. And I swear I'm not. But it gets so frustrating and I feel like so many of us do it. And I've been victim of it myself. Where my short-term thinking is like, yo, I want to have sex with this woman and not about what the long-term consequences are. And then it's like that's a thing to be proud of. That's young boy shit. We're too old for that shit at this point. So I don't want to hear about, you know, who you could fuck, who you fucked. Who you're not fucking, like, I don't care. Live your life. Have a good time. Be merry. Be humble. Be happy. I want to salute that kind of shit. I don't want to be a cornball. I wish the people that I work with weren't cornballs. I will never, ever go on another single fucking work trip if I can help it with this gentleman in my life. And if I do, I am going out on my own. I'm going to try to justify to my boss why I need a rental car. And if not, you know what? I'm just going to Uber around town on my own personal dollar. I refuse to be around the fuck shit any longer. Time is precious, man. We don't have the time that we thought we did. So the last thing that I want to do is spend it with somebody that's not worth my time. Because I don't want your corniness to rub off on me. Like, my outfit was dope. It was like 70 degrees, so you could see my Achilles out. My ankles are nice and lotioned like, I was killing them, had on the, the no socks socks, so even if my feet, like, you know what I'm saying, like, even if my feet would have been a little sweaty, you couldn't tell, because I had the socks that don't show, I was killing it, the no ankles thing is, like, the the ankles out look is really a thing for men now, I feel like Dwayne Wade started that shit, and we used to get on him being like, yo, you got your Achilles out, and this is in, like, 2012, now everybody does, go fucking figure. So I rambled on enough about this episode, man. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Um, I'm not saying that as one of those people that say that to everything and about everybody, and I'm not going to post anything about it. But I certainly wanted to have that conversation about black men, black people, and the things that we tend to believe. Please remember that those conspiracy theories usually aren't real. It's almost always the people that are closest to you. It be your own people that do the fuck shit. I said this to white people two weeks ago. I'm saying this to black people now. Please, please, please stop killing each other. Talk about the issues you got. If there's some emotional shit because somebody hurt your feelings, I have to take responsibility for that shit too. Because I was literally willing to pop off on a nigga just because he said fuck me. I got too much to lose. I literally haven't actually fought nobody since what? Fucking 2009 in LA. The fuck I look like fighting 10 years later? Like, I feel a, a little ashamed and almost embarrassed that I let myself get that angry about somebody that doesn't matter. The dude that killed Nipsey, shot all those people? You really think that he feels good about the shit that he did? I know that he can't. Threw his life away and all of those lives away, because you were upset or you were mad. Huh? We're better than that. And if we're not better than that, we're all the things that white people say about us. If anybody's watched Trigger Warning by Killer Mike, He had an episode where he went into an old folks home and when he was at the senior citizens building, he was talking to a white lady about just, you know, the state of affairs and how she sees the world. She honestly believed that most crimes were committed by black people because that's what we show. Yes, do we feel like the news and the media is biased? Of course we do. But it's also showing some real shit. And here's some real shit. We commit way too many murders. We have way too much access to guns. We do shit that we don't even do. Because we don't value life. Because of the way that. And I, I honestly believe this. Based on the after effects of slavery. The way that we value a black life. Is significantly lower than it is somebody else. I can promise you that one of these dope boys. Or one of these dudes that's that gangster will shoot a black person before a white person in a heartbeat. And not because of it just being a colored thing it's because of how we don't value black lives anymore i don't know if we ever did but we need to get to a point where we start doing it if black lives matter we got to start doing something on our side it's not just about the police and we know we're trying to fuck shit that they do we got to stop doing this to each other so i know that that young man is going to live with the shit that he did for killing that man And taking him away from his family. And any of these situations that play out all across the country. Where people commit murders and homicides. We got to start thinking about how precious life is. And if we only got one life to live. You can't get that shit back. I don't know what the answer is. I say it's taking away guns. but If you're an illegal nigga with a gun. You're going to still do what you got to do. That's not cool. That is not cool. I hate to lead a pot on a sober moment, but I honestly don't know how to feel about it. I'm just so tired of it always being a thing. I would just for once, and I mean just for once, love the feeling that, you know what? We're better than that. We're not all the things that people say that we are. As a community, we do the right thing. As a community, we're no longer killing each other. This is the shit that I want us to be for. I want to thank y'all for joining me. I end every episode by saying the same thing. Ball players want to rap. Rappers want to ball. I just want a podcast. This is Darrell of the Real World. And I'll see you guys next week. One love. Peace.